From the Financial Times in London, I'm Charlene Goff and this is FT News. This week has seen a deluge of retail results, showing a mixed picture of the state of the UK high street in the run-up to and during the Christmas period. To discuss the winners and losers and how Brexit may be affecting the mood among UK shoppers is our retail correspondent Mark Vanderveld. Hi Mark. First of all, give us an idea of who were the main winners and losers this week. Well, the big loser has to be next. They've been doing pretty badly for a year and they really hoped that in the last quarter of the year, sales would start going up instead of down. Actually, they went down again in the run up to Christmas. They went down even more sharply when stuff went on sale afterwards. As for the winners, I mean, take your pick. Marks and Spencer has been doing badly in clothing for two years, has barely grown at all. Suddenly, against all expectations, posted an uptick. If you look at the supermarkets, Sainsbury's, which has been doing very well for a long time, did well again. Tesco and Morrison's, who are just at the beginning of their turnaround phase, posted really quite good results. Across the board, you're hard pressed to find someone who's done badly. And this is quite counter to the kind of general mood that we might have expected with lots of economists predicting problems for British retailers and other companies. What's your view on how this fits into that whole environment? Well, economists have expressed surprise that consumers have proved so willing to spend money when there's tons of uncertainty over what will happen in the aftermath of the Brexit vote. Retailers are not that surprised. They say, look, consumers live in the now. Nothing has happened. And it's not future uncertainty that makes people unwilling to spend. It's bad stuff happening now. We've not really seen that yet. Could this be a temporary positivity in the sector? I know some of them, I think Tesco shares did still fall on Thursday, even though their results over Christmas look pretty good. So is that a sign perhaps that some retail executives are not totally convinced that all is improving for them? Yeah, I think there are three things here. One, they are very worried that consumer sentiment could turn. If you ask people what they think about the economy instead of what they think about their own personal finances, they're a bit more worried. Secondly, if you look at the results that have come out in the past week, They're Christmas results, but the precise dates are different depending on which retailer you're talking about. So there's some suspicion that some retailers might have been cherry picking the best week or fortnight or three weeks of trading and talking about that. You know, an extreme case is Lidl, which said its sales were up 10% year on year, but refused to say which period it was talking about. And then the third thing is sterling, which is falling. And people are very worried about how that'll play out. And we haven't really seen the impact of that quite yet. I mean, we've seen some early signs of how it might affect prices, particularly in the food industry. But a lot of talk about this expectation that it will pretty soon start to hit prices. You know, do you think that could be the moment when things turn the other way for these retailers? Yeah, the reason we've not seen it in prices so far is that everybody is hedged, or almost everybody. So the one impact that there has been is a little bit of financial movement where Sports Direct, for instance, who were completely unhedged, put in a hedging contract after the Brexit vote to try and protect themselves in case things got worse, and then actually managed to lose money when the very thing that they were hedging against happened. So there's been a bit of that, but you've not seen prices go up because retailers are not yet paying the current sterling exchange rate. And do we have any idea when those hedges will unwind, when that will hit them? Yeah, so that's happening just about now. It varies by retailer, but some of them will start expiring the next two months, three months. Pretty much all of them will be done by the end of the year. 
So what happens then is quite interesting. It's clear that a lot of retailers anyway just won't be able to absorb the higher cost. They're going to have to pass it on to consumers in some form. But they're very reluctant to do that because nobody thinks that consumer incomes are likely to go up. So if prices go up, everybody fears people will buy less. And that's bad for profits because if you're selling fewer washing machines, even if you're making the same margin on each one, you can't cover your fixed costs. Now, the trick with this comes with the differences between different retailers in how they pass the prices on. Some of them are quite profitable and they might think, well, maybe it's worth accepting slightly slenderer margins because then we'll win a ton of customers from the people who just can't do that, who have to pass on every penny of increased cost. And interestingly, one of the reasons that M&S did better, it said, was because it actually didn't do heavy discounting. So people were willing to pay a bit more, it seems. So, you know, that's another example of how it's quite difficult to forecast how this will all go. Yeah, that's right. M&S is a particular case. They have, in the past, under the last chief executive, Mark Bolland, they tried to move up market and they had lots of designer gear, which they were trying to sell at a higher price point. The trouble is nobody really perceived it as designer gear. And so it would sit on the racks all season and then they'd have to discount it at the end to shift it. And what the new chief executive Steve Rowe has said is very clearly, I'm not going to do that. We're going to start with lower prices, but we're going to sell at that price everything that we can. And so you're right, they didn't go on discount until much later than they've done before. And that seems to be helping them. And just staying on M&S, because like you say, that was the biggest probably surprise in the recent trading statements that we've had. People were so used to the clothing business just becoming worse and worse and sort of disappointing every quarter. You know, is this the moment where we say things are on the up for M&S, the new chief executive is the right man? He is very clear that he's not celebrating just yet. He told me this morning, you know, I'm not hailing a recovery here. We've got a lot of work to do. I do think this is clearly a boost for him. When he introduced his full price policy, it precipitated two quarters of really sharply falling sales, some of the worst that M&S has seen. So he did need this rush of good performance. Whether it will continue, he says in the next quarter, normally Easter falls in the next quarter for M&S. And this time, because of the timing of Easter, it falls afterwards. So I think he's bracing people for another slug of worse news before things get definitively better. And just finally, what's your view on the kind of split between traditional bricks and mortar stores versus online? We've seen a couple sort of ASOS boohoo, the sort of online fashion retailers do really well and show some really strong sales growth. Is there still that division, do you think? It's very difficult to do badly if you're an online retailer at the minute because customers are moving online. So you get a real tailwind from this channel shift. And you're also better placed to serve these customers than M&S and Debenhams and so on, even when they set up websites. Because you know, if you're ASOS and you're not paying nearly 20% of your revenue to pay for the rent on stores and the people who work in them, then you can pay for all sorts of stuff that online customers really appreciate, like fast delivery and free returns. And it's much harder to do that if you're Debenhams and M&S and you have to run a store base too. So, yeah, this is something that everybody says will continue for a lot longer. The people who are running shops in high streets also think that they'll have fewer customers in five years than they do now because more of them will be shopping online. And the Assos and Boohoo's of this world are really well placed to benefit from that. Thanks, Mark. That was a really interesting run through. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. 
We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.